You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I am Allie, and I'm joined with Kelly and Daniel. Today, we're going to jump into episode five of our series, Student Ministry in Multiple Crisis Mode. But before we get to that, as always, I want to know what are you guys loving right now? Well, Allie, I'm loving something very Catholic this week. Ooh, bring it on. (laughs) Uh, I love a document that the Vatican just released, um, and the title is kind of long, it doesn't make it sound very interesting, <laughs> but I can't pronounce it in another language, but I can in English. It's called The Pastoral Conversion of the Parish Community in the Service of the Evangelizing Mission of the Church. Mm. Translate, <laughs> <laughs> So it, it's a document that talks about how we need to be imaginative, creative, and adaptable with parish ministry and the role mm. that parishes have in revitalizing the church. Sounds awesome. It's basically what we said in the book Rebuilt, which is the story of our parish. Yeah. And just to give you a little sneak preview, Mm. it's what Kelly and I have been writing about in a book that we've been working on for the last year that we're nearing a first draft. We haven't gotten approved. We're not positive it's going to get published. But if it does, that's what our book is about. The Vatican might really like our book then. They might. Yeah, sounds like it. Kelly, very, very cool. What are you loving? Well, hi, Allie and Daniel. Um, I am loving, well, I'm loving writing in, in that vein. I My parents have a house at Deep Creek Lake, which is a couple hours from where I live. And twice over the last month and a half or so, I've gotten out there for three days just by myself. My parents were away, so I went when they were away and had some time to write. It was a very nice little writing retreat, not something I get to do very often, so... I am loving Deep Creek Lake. Mm, Sounds very nice. Well, I am loving Daniel Miller. (gasps) Oh, my goodness. There is love (laughs) at the table. There is love at the table. Daniel, I am sitting next to a stack of homemade snickerdoodle cookies because of Daniel. Those cookies are the size of my head. I know. They're going to be amazing, I know. And earlier today, I was just cleaning out my work bag and found a little quick thank you note that Daniel had written me just affirming our partnership in student ministry. So I am loving you and grateful for you and your leadership. Well, we are in episode five of our series, Student Ministry in Multiple Crisis Mode. You can check out our other episodes to find out some lessons we've learned throughout all this COVID, what we're planning for our fall programs, and how we're ministering to our ministers in this new era. So today we are on week five of this, and we are going to talk about relational ministry with new challenges. Yeah, so it doesn't matter what the new challenges are. It doesn't matter that we're in a new era. It doesn't matter that it was COVID because ministry, I mean, it does matter. (laughs) However, the biggest thing that we need to remember as we revamp our programs is that ministry still comes down to one thing, and that is relationships. Student ministry is all about relationships, relationship between teens and ministers, relationship between teens and teens. Uh, teens and staff, teenagers and Christ, relationships between teens and the Catholic Church, and also ministers and staff, ministers with ministers, and ministers with 
the church. That's a lot of relationships. Mm -hmm. And we need to be aware and working on all of those relationships. But they are different. I mean, we have to acknowledge that difference. They are different. Too. And we almost need like a plan for each one of those, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been talking a lot lately about how it's not necessarily harder what we're doing in ministry right now, but it's all different. And so it just Wait, takes a little more time and effort. feel harder, right? Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just not what we're used to. Yep. And it's just new systems and everything's mm -hmm. different. Yeah. So yes. here are some of the things that we're just acknowledging are different. Everybody's been Zooming or whatever platform you're on so much. There's so much virtual so interaction. Oh, sick of Zoom it. Zoom fatigue. <laughs> Everybody's Ellie, what are you not loving? Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of this thing called Zoom? <laughs> um, everyone, including teens right now, because of all the Zooming and the, the virtual interaction is craving personal interaction. Mm -hmm. They're craving that interpersonal touch. Um, the limitations that we have on in-person meeting, on physical contact, on when you have to wear a mask and not, on our time and our space, all of that makes relationships different. Um, we may not have been to church in, well, we've been to church in months, but our people may not have been mm -hmm. yeah. going to church, certainly, but watching online, they may have watched for a while but fallen off. And mm -hmm. we're not saying that that's good or bad. We just need to acknowledge that church... Mm -hmm may have fallen off the radar for people. That's where they are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's that's just facts. Like that's coming from research from Barna that that the online church was for, at Easter, it, it like peaked at Easter and then has kind of fallen off after that. Yeah. It's not just something we're surmising here. And so there's all these new emotional circumstantial issues that surround Ugh. our teens mm -hmm. right now more than ever. Um, they really need something from us. They need mm -hmm. people, people that walk with them and mm -hmm. adjust, uh, you know, adjust the relationship, but really work at it. Yeah. So with all these differences Aww. come adjustments. Um, before in our programs, our win would be weekly attendance and how many students we saw check in, how many small groups we had meeting on campus. A win now is going to be weekly engagement, just the depth of those connections that the small group leaders are making with the students that we're making with small group leaders and ministers. And little things now more than ever are a really big deal. Acknowledging their birthdays, sending a postcard or even just a text message, letting them know that you're thinking of them. Phone calls, if you can go and drop a gift at their door, just inviting and connecting with them over social media, all those little ways of engaging and connection are going to be that much more important now because it's going to be more difficult to connect. Yeah, we've talked before on this podcast and in some other places about the the sequence that is often referred to in, in ministry of behave, believe, belong. And that really has shifted the last couple of decades. So behave, believe, belong was the sequence for a long time in the church. You behaved a certain way and mm -hmm. you came to believe in the religion and that helped you to belong to a community. But it's really shifted in the last couple of decades to starting with belonging. You need to belong before you believe in something, before you change your behavior. Mm -hmm. Now more than ever, teens really need to have that sense of belonging. So how do we create that? And our ministers really have to work at it. All those little things that Allie just talked about, 
Um, but we want to really give them a strategy and tools to make it as easy as possible. It's not easy, but um, we want to give them a strategy that makes it easier. So we're working on these minister success Six kits yes. that have some great tools that they can use, postcards, gift cards to give away during the year, a photo directory. It tells them when the birthdays, schools, and interests of each of the people in their small group. Um, but there's stuff that we can do in person too. Yeah, my um, small group of girls, I have, ju well, junior girls, they're about to be senior girls, they're dying to be together, and they were really, really um, committed to the Zooms. We got on Zoom every single week, and uh, they all came, and it was it was great. I mean, it, it, it was great. When I say when it was great, they were engaged, and they were attending, but man, they all just talked over each other the <laughs> whole time, but they loved it. They thought it was fantastic. And then it's kind of died out over the last month. So now m my co-leader, Marianne, and I are talking about things that we can do in person. And so we are actually meeting this week. We're meeting on Wednesday with our girls, and we're all going to take a blanket to their high school and just spread out in one of the fields at Delaney High School and have some small group time. And we have a little gift for each of them because we always get a end of year gift so we're really looking forward to seeing them but so there, there is there are some things that you can do in person some other ideas are have a bonfire where you can all sit around a big fire um, have adoration outdoors have a, a prayer meeting outside uh, meet in a park go for a hike um, have a backyard small group this week our uh, missions team got together and served at a farm that donates all the food to the Maryland Food Bank. And so some of our staff and our teenagers and some other adults participated in that. So there probably are some places where you could even serve together outdoors. Um, my sons, I have two teenage sons, and they've definitely been doing some pickup sports. So that's an option now, too, mm -hmm. for leaders to offer that for boys especially. Um, and then the ever successful delivering something to their doorstep. I mean, we delivered buckets to seniors have you talked mm -hmm. about that in a, mm -hmm. in a past yeah. podcast it was just so much fun and mm -hmm. the parents loved it and the kid it was just a really great connection point so i love that one i'm going to do that for my girls maybe before the end of the summer yeah that was awesome just once again finding that connection however we can and along with that struggle and just trying to find ideas of things to do in person all those little things that are a bigger deal now more than ever conversations are going to matter more than ever before because there's less and less interpersonal interaction there's masks on and no facial expressions you can turn your video off on zoom we've had mm -hmm. we've had tons of teens been doing that and that just creates a boundary of that connection you can be on zoom but be looking on other mm -hmm. websites and things and no one would really ever know unless you try to follow their eyes a little oh, bit you can tell you can tell when somebody's not engaged but if you're on a big zoom call well, not we yeah can't, that's true that's uh, true I'm not going to monitor every little kid's face, you know, like well, you I, was could talking, be. I was talking about our last staff Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> you can We're tell. Guilty. You, of course we are. Of course we are. But one by one, just making connections, writing things down as the conversation happens, just noting things that they say. It could be little things of just interests that they have casually, that they have a big test coming up or they did that last weekend and remembering it so that you can come back and ask them about it later. Basically, 
to facilitate these conversations and great conversations, you just have to become a master of follow-up questions, which is much easier said than done. Follow-up questions are the best. You just become curious about what they're saying Mm -hmm. and ask them to say more about that. Um, So we provide questions as a guide for small group time. I'm sure that you guys do too. Um, And we just want to make a few suggestions about how to use the questions. They're a guide, Mm -hmm. but um, I've seen, I've seen ministers like really stick to them, you know, word for word, you know, Um, number one, number one, (laughs) how are you feeling today? (laughs) And then somebody says, I'm feeling uh, very lonely and depressed. Number two. (laughs) (laughs) Let's read the scripture. So, I mean, I've actually seen that. I mean, we might be exaggerating a little bit, but when a teen drops a bomb, like I'm lonely and depressed, you don't move on to the next question. You ask lots of follow-up questions. But there are some ways that you can vary how you ask the questions to make it just feel more conversational as opposed to a question and answer session. You can ask teens to ask the questions and have them call on their peers. That's that's always a good one. Um, I've seen small group leaders adapt the question for their own group ahead of time. So my partner, Marianne, um, in small group, she will rewrite all of the questions and write follow-up questions and write possible answers that the students might have. So she's anticipating what they're going to say so that she can keep the conversation moving. Um, you know, for some people, it's really intuitive to ask follow-up questions. They're just naturally curious, but for some people it's not. So they need Mm -hmm. to take that extra step. Um, it's helpful to do an activity that can go with the questions to get people moving around. Um, we've done things like hang the questions on the wall and do like a traveling small group where you, people kind of move around the room, reading the question and writing an answer on a, you know, a big piece of paper that's hanging on the wall, um, you can put something into their hands to get them talking. We've tried um, fidget, all kinds of fidget sticks. Remember that one yeah. year we bought all those fidget Play-Doh. things? Play-Doh. Yeah, Play-Doh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Play-Doh. Absolutely. That's a great thing for boys, too, because girls can have those deep conversations, look each other in the eye and just talk, talk, talk yep. a lot easier than boys can. But if you give them something to be keeping their focus as their minds reeling and talking, I think it really helps in those conversations. Yes, boys do much better without direct eye contact. So um, we have a couple groups that will walk around or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, do some sort of shared activity while they are talking. Uh, And that works really well for boys. Daniel and I were at a party recently and... All the girls at the party. The women. The this women. Was, these were adults. This was, these were adults. These were my friends in my neighborhood. And um, we were all sitting around on the outdoor patio furniture, chit-chatting. And all the guys were up on the bocce. They have a bocce course, my friends, in their backyard. So, And it was just funny because Daniel's like, look, look at this. This is what happens in student ministry. This is what happens everywhere. There's men and women. Like, Men and they were up there talking and laughing and having a great time, and we were talking and laughing and having a great time. Totally different Just ways, doing though. It differently. Yep. Yes. The guys were in pairs, side by side, and walking around. Some of them yep. were playing, some weren't. Yep. And the women were, were sitting watching. in a circle, mm-hmm. making eye contact, talking yep. one at a time. Yep. Including like the teenage daughters that were there, too. Yeah. And there were teenage boys there that night, too, and they were up at the. Yeah so funny it's it's real um and so on on the flip side girls do better by establishing trust and personal vulnerability and and some of the ways that we do that kind of goes back to what daniel and Allie were saying about um reaching out one-on-one that can help establish trust Mm -hmm. between teenagers and their leader 
Um, so yeah, those are some great ways to use the questions as a guide for your small group time. And just one last thing with using these conversations is to live in the tension. Um, we're going to talk about that in uh, some upcoming episodes because we have some tense things to talk about this season. Yes. Um, but don't run from tough questions, but also don't just offer answers. You have to teach teens how to think, not just what to think. Mm. Let me say that again, because I think it's an important distinction, teaching them how to think, not just what to think. So well, don't, and also just teach them to sit in the uncomfortableness mm-hmm. too, because it's true to yeah. life. Yeah. So don't just give them answers, even if you know the answers, even if they ask you for the answers. Sometimes <laughs> it's better to not give them solid answers. Jesus didn't always do that. He would ask mm-hmm. questions mm-hmm. and speak in parables. He was confusing. <laughs> um, so help them arrive at <laughs> solutions or find the answers themselves. Show them how to get mm-hmm. there. Um, it doesn't help them to just tell them what to believe. They need to own it, to understand it, and to be able to replicate that process when they're not in small group to process through t- difficult things. Absolutely. So conversation matters more than ever before. That's right. And just remember in all of this, relational ministry is messy. It's never easy. It's probably more challenging now than it's ever been, but don't stop. Jesus was inherently relational. Human beings are relational. Our teens are relational. But you earn their respect and their relationship with your commitment, your vulnerability, your firmness, your authenticity, when you grant them mercy, wisdom, when you empower them, when you show them your faith. That's what relational ministry is all about. Absolutely. So that was a lot about our conversations. That's really the foundation of relational ministry. And as always, we like to end our podcast with one bright idea. And today that goes right into this conversation uh, perfectly. Our one bright idea is some books from Orange. We've talked about Orange in the past and some of their other resources that we love to use, but they have books, The Art of Group Talk for Boys and The Art of Group Top Talk for Girls. So they're two separate books on how to lead better discussions with your teens. Um, we get them for our returning leaders. It's kind of a leader 2.0 book. We start with our lead small book for our first time leaders, and then we give them this to just help them grow and get better at this relational ministry and their conversations within small groups. So check those out if you can. Thank you guys for tuning in today. We love you very much. Next time we are going to be concluding our six-part series on student ministry in multiple crisis mode by discussing sacraments in this digital age, specifically about confirmation. So join us.